it really meant way more for the recovery the next day to really be intentional about, hey, you know what? I am proud of you. Um, and you did do a good job and I know what you did. I know how hard you are. Cause again, honestly, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that, um, are in my position in our, in my spot, you don't, you don't get that very much. And there's a lot of people out there that are in similar spots, business owners or whatever your position is. Like when you're at the top, there's not a lot of people shedding praise on you. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I am so excited for my guest because it is his first podcast ever. And this person, I know him better than anyone else on the planet, and he knows me better than anyone else on the planet, I think, as well. And I'll be honest with you, this has probably been the number one person that my guests have asked for since the beginning of me saying I was going to start a podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to give everyone who the hell you are? Because this is actually an in-person, face-to-face, nose-to-nose, toes-to-toes podcast. Do you want to tell everyone who you are and why you're here? I'm not sure why I'm here. I'm Nathan Salter. I'm the most request guest ever on your podcast since this is like the second episode. Yeah, that's right, folks. It is my dumb ass. I love him to death. Absolutely, totally, you know, in love with this man, even though I want to kill him 99% of the time. And everyone loves us on social media, babe. And you have been the number one requested person that everyone wanted us to interview. And so I thought since we're starting this podcast, and yes, this is only one of the first few episodes, I thought I would bring you on. And today before... I turned the mic on and I said, okay, babe, we're going to do this. I gave you like three rules. I said, don't make any noise. Don't crack any beers. And what did you say to me? Sounds like you're trying to make it way too perfect. And I'm the guest. You are the guest. So you get to make the rules here today. But we wanted to talk about... There's so many things we actually can talk about. We're going to talk about a ton of things over the course of this podcast. But today, I think, what are we going to talk about today? What do you believe is probably the number one most requested thing that we talk about? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yes, I am asking you. Oh my gosh, this one microphone thing is not going to work because I want to yell at you the way that I do on social media. Um, The number one most requested thing that everyone always asks us about is how we've made it 17 years and actually still really like each other and have worked through all of our bullshit because I've been very open and honest with my audience on social media and over probably the last five or six years, I have involved you on that social media and now you become even more so of a request than even me. Everyone's like, where's Nathan? Where's Nathan? 
Where's Nathan? Let's see more of Nathan. When when does Nathan get to come on the podcast? So I thought no better person to come on the beginning of this podcast journey, the Decide It's Your Turn uh, podcast, than you. And I thought today we should probably talk about how we decided it was basically our turn to create a marriage that is, in my opinion, pretty damn good. Is that a question? Babe, you are honestly supposed to be well a part of this podcast. And I honestly, I think the question is, is like, how have we made it 17 years? And how have you been able to put up with me and my bullshit? And how have I been able to put up with you and your bullshit? What do you think the number one key to our success is? We've talked about this a lot. And I'm not trying to pretend like we're unbelievably successful and we have all our shit together. Because even just this morning, you <laughs> you said to me, you're like, what have I done wrong? Why are you being a bitch? And I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not you. It's not you. It's not you. And then I got out of the shower and I was like, okay, so here's the thing that is coming up for me. So tell us, tell us, tell everyone what you think like the number one thing is how we have made it for 17 years when both of us have had, you know, so many ups and downs and we are not even complete, not even in the vicinity of the same people we were when we first met. So first of all, it's not going to be perfect. Um, You can do all the work that you do. I think the first thing is to realize it's not ever going to be perfect, right? It's a process. So the first thing is just to come to the reality that my marriage isn't going to be perfect and don't try to make it perfect. Try and enjoy it. Um, I think I tell you a lot, the main thing is unconditional love. So you just have to love your partner unconditionally, no matter how mad they make you, no matter what they screw up, no matter what they say, no matter what they do. Sometimes you just need to take a deep breath and remember that you love that person unconditionally, even when you do want to murder them. (laughs) That's a hundred percent the truth. Cause I know, I think actually more often than not, you want to murder me, you know, This is actually kind of funny, and I think I wanted to bring it up. I have had so many people over the years, and you know this to be true, is that so many people have said to you, oh, how do you how do you handle her in the spotlight? How do you handle her, um, you know, being who she is, you know, with my golf career and now this and I've done some television stuff. How do you handle her doing that? And I think it's always so funny when you get that question, because I just kind of like laugh inside because I know the truth be told is um I think I'm the lucky one for you putting up with me but um how do you handle that as you know the confident man that you really are so one thing was is that was absolutely part of the original attraction to you is that you are independent you are confident um you know you early on in our relationship you did the big break and you were on tv and you did those things and I still just see you as you, no matter where you go or what you do, you're still just Christina and you're my wife. So, um, I think it's great and I support you and you support me, but at the end of the day, when we get home, we're just ourselves. So I just, I kind of laugh when people ask me, how do I deal with it? How do I put up with it? Because I don't, it's presented to me a lot of times, like as a negative thing. And I've never seen it as a negative thing. And I've always encouraged you. Um, I've always said I'm your biggest fan. And I think that I still am today. Um, So I don't know, maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's an ego thing. I don't really know. I just know that that's just not how I feel. And it doesn't bother me. I'm proud of you. And um, I support you and I always have and always will. Oh my God. Like that's the best answer ever. I know that there's so many people out there going, well, 
how do I find that person? Or what happens if my spouse is not like that? I know you and I have talked about that before because I've come to you over the course of my career in this coaching industry. I've had a lot of people say like, how do you make your husband understand what you do? How do you have your husband encourage you? How do you get your husband on board? And I've asked you these questions before because I'm not going to pretend just because I'm a coach. I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers. I do my best to figure it out. But at the end of the day, I've asked you these questions a ton of times like why are you the way that you are and like what would you tell someone if a their partner is not supportive of them and b how does a partner become so supportive like you really have told me since the day we were together you said I'm not going to hold you back from anything ever because you'll regret me or you'll um, resent me for that and so how how do you go into a relationship when someone is not like that? Or how do you handle a relationship where the other person is not completely supportive of what you want to do? So first of all, don't ever enter a relationship thinking that you're going to change the other person and that's going to make it better. I think that's probably one of the number one things that I see or hear um, is that, well, well, my partner needs to change or I'm going to get him to do this or I'm going to get him to do that. That's, you know, absolutely the worst thing that you can possibly do. So um, honestly, we, you know, we got together a little later in, in life and, and, you know, we're more mature and more grown and whatever you want to say. So I think a lot of the drama maybe that younger couples went through or go through, we didn't necessarily go through those things. Um, Just to give everyone a backstory, I was probably... I guess I'm 38 now. We've been together 17 years. So we got together when I was 21 and you were how old? 30, close to 30, 29. So just to kind of give you a backstory of how long we've been together and how old we were when we first got together. And neither one of us had been married before. Neither one of us had children. And you had actually been in a couple long-term relationships. And I can actually remember one of the first dates that we went on when you said to me, um, I am 100% sick and tired of trying to be someone for someone else. So this is me. And I actually remember you went out that night. Like I came to the house. I think I was in college and I came to the house because our washer was broken. And I was like, I'm going to just do some laundry. And you're like, yeah, do whatever you want. I'm going out because this is me and I'm not going to change. And I love that. Like from the moment, I think you were at a point in your life where you were like, uh, I've tried to be someone else for a really long time. I've tried to please the other person, but um, pretty much fuck it. And I'm just going to be me. And I remember that like it was yesterday. And that was like 17 years ago. Right. I mean, that goes back to what I said earlier. You, you have to be yourself. You have to be okay with the person that you're with. You have to be willing to support them no matter what. Um, I think a lot of it is, is the actions or the way in which the other person acts. So you and I do struggle a lot with, um, you need to let a man be a man. Um, and I think that can be, um, at least in my opinion, that can be hard on a relationship. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're one of, you know, a strong female and you're have a good mon money mindset, maybe you make more money in their relationship, whatever that may be, you know, a lot of times you just got to let a man be a man, even if you make more money or, or whatever your situation is. I think that could could potentially have caused issues in our relationships um, over the years. But, you know, a lot of times we have that difficult conversation and I'm just like, Hey, you need to chill for a minute. You need to let me be the man. Um, and I think that can potentially cause rubs in relationships where maybe you have a, you know, two alphas, two alpha, uh, 
people, man and woman in a relationship. And, you know, sometimes a woman needs to be allowed to be the woman. She doesn't need to have the pressure of really doing what God made a man to do and vice versa. So, you know, I think sometimes we need to, to be able to act out the roles that are inside of us. A man has a need to, you know, take care of his wife and protect his family and do all those things. And I think sometimes, um, especially today with the pressures of, you know, success and, and women in the workplace and all those things. Um, and I'm not taking anything against a woman. And I don't mean that like as a sexist thing, but honestly, we were created to, you know, need certain things in our lives and in a relationship. It's so important that each person is allowed to, to do what God made us to do. Um, and I think that's where things can get off track. I totally agree. And I will say like you and I have had the conversation that one of the reasons why you were attracted to me in the first place is because I was a strong, confident woman, even though back then it was probably more on the outside than it was on the inside the way it is now. I will say, I think that this, you, you've even said it, that was one of the reasons why you were attracted to me. I made my own money. I did my own thing. I was confident in who I was. I was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a bitch, to be honest. Like there's that kind of like, strong personality thing. That's what you were attracted to me for. And I really, I remember my dad have, has always told me, and I think a lot of fathers do this with their daughters. They say, Hey, never rely on a man, be strong, take care of yourself, be confident, all the things. And that had stuck with me. My dad's one of my favorite people on the planet. And my, that has always stuck with me. And I will say that is a blessing and a curse when you get into a marriage because, and you're shaking your head and absolutely, you know, this to be true is that the same reason why you fell in love with me is one of the same reasons why we have such issues sometimes is because I am such a strong female, because I have said to you numerous times and for those, um, you know, there's been moments in our life and I'm sure over the years we'll talk about like the hard moments and things, but I know for a fact, some of the hard things that I have said is, and it's a defense mechanism, it's ego coming up is I've said, I don't need you. And I think that that's probably one of the most hurtful things that you can say to your partner. And when I said it, I meant I don't need you. I can take care of myself. I got this. But just like you said, God created a man to take care of his spouse. And by me saying, I don't need you, that's like cuts deep to the core. And I think I had no idea what I was saying when I was saying those things because it made me feel strong and like I could take care of myself. But at the end of the day, that's actually the last thing on the planet that I believe to be true is I 1000% need you. I meant it in the regards of like, I can take care of myself like financially. I can take care of myself like lifting things and taking out things and doing all the things. But at the end of the day, like that's still part of it. And I was putting you down. And sometimes I need to like basically, honestly, shut the fuck up and let my ego like go out the back door. And for me to be like, babe, I 100% need you. I would love for you to take care of this because that's where my, you know, masculine energy comes in where yes, I can do all those things. But at the end of the day, I got really clear that I have no desire to do any of those things without you. And sometimes I just need to shut the hell up and allow you to be the man and me to be more of 
the female energy, if you want to call it that, like the the lighter energy and allow you to be more of the man in the relationship. And I don't think that that has anything to do with, you know, degrading women at all. You can be a strong woman, but you can also know that, you know, you were created for something and you were created to provide and take care of. And so that's a lesson that we both had to dance with, but me especially in being able to take a back seat and say, hey, I apologize for being so strong in that. I love the fact that you are able to take care of me and I want you in my life. I choose you in my life. Well, yeah, there's just a lot more to it, right? A relationship's way more than than the doing things. However, it does make an impact on the way in which we interact with one another, right? So the doing really ties back into like, what's the mental state of the relationship? So I'm not going to repeat what you just said, because you really said everything that needs to be said. And it, and it really makes a lot of sense. And it's something that um, honestly, we can, we continue to struggle with. And anyone who has, you know, two type A or two strong people in a relationship, it's going to be a constant thing. And we need to be reminded, I need to remind you. And sometimes you need to remind me um, of a of the way in which kind of, um, that we're acting, um, towards one another, or we get in our, you know, work modes as you call it. And we're just trying to run hard and take care of things. And, you know, really when you, when you come home, you you need to take your work hat off and you need to be a husband or you need to be a wife and you need to be supportive. Um, even when it's, even when it's hard. Um, so again, relationships, they're not easy. No, absolutely not. And something that I think um, I always want this podcast to have takeaways. I always want you to be able to go, oh, okay, that's what they've done. Let us try to or let us or myself try to implement this in my life. And I think one of the things that we've done over the years is we've learned how to communicate with each other. And it's it's obviously like we're learning more and more each day. And, you know, like we said, we've been in this rodeo for over 17 years now, and we have learned to communicate more and more each day. And what would you say has, what was kind of like the catalyst for you to say, okay, this is obviously the way that she communicates. And this is the way that I communicate. So I grew up in a family where um, you got really mad, you yelled, everyone was screaming and yelling, and then it was fine. And it was over with. You grew up in a family where there was no yelling, everyone just kind of buried it under the table, acted like everything was fine and rolled on. Well, when you have two people coming into a relationship like that, that's very difficult because I remember wanting to argue with you. I used to pick fights with you, wanting you to yell and get mad and scream so I'd feel better. But when I pushed you far enough that you did that, oh my God, you were like, you hated me and were train wreck for days sometimes. And that was obviously not working for us. What do you think was the thing that like, helped you realize that like, okay, this is obviously not working. We have got to learn how to communicate better together. And you've got to learn how to talk more with me. And I've got to learn how to get over my anger without screaming at the top of my lungs and pissing you off. You mean therapy? <laughs> we did therapy, but we, but it was more than that was the start. <laughs> therapy was the start. That's true. Therapy is always a good thing. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I lost my best friend when I was 18 years old and I remembered uh, starting therapy then. It wasn't a great experience for me, but off and on throughout my journey of, you know, this whole changing my life, I've, I've gone to therapy many times. And then you and I went to premarital counseling before kind of 
all the things came about. And then what, how many years ago was that? Seven, eight, nine years ago? Probably in the beginning of my journey to like really getting my shit together. Um, But going to therapy and learning how to communicate a little bit helped. But is there anything else in particular that you can think of of how we started the communication journey to learning that, okay, you communicate in one way and I communicate in another way. How are we going to bridge this gap? Because the way that we were going about it was not working. I first do think that the therapy and a mediator and someone to kind of help explain or talk through the two different people, right? So we we were obviously from different perspectives. I had a hard time with the the arguing and the yelling because I couldn't just turn it off like you could. So if it became a huge argument, um, I couldn't just turn it off. It would it would go on and on and on. So I think it took again back to the unconditional love. I really love this person, and no matter what it takes, I'm going to figure out or we're going to figure out how to communicate because what we were doing wasn't working. So it just took sitting down and basically saying what you just said, but it took a, it took a lot longer than the 10 seconds than you just said it to really figure those things out. So it's easy to spit it out now, but you know, seven, eight years ago when we were in the middle of exactly what you said, it was not nearly that easy. So again, it's, it's not an easy process. It's difficult. You got to roll your sleeves up. You got to dig in. You got to care about that person and love that person and listen and then be able to communicate or be able to stop and say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Or now then that we've that I understand what you're doing, I could say, hey, Christine, I'm not going to fight with you. I know you're trying to pick a fight with me right now and I'm not going to do it. We need to stop and sit down and have a conversation. So it took all going through the process of really digging into and knowing and understanding what was that problem. It's not easy to get to the point where you go, oh, yeah, my problem was when I grew up, this is what we did. And my problem is, oh, yeah, when I grew up, this is what we did. So it sounds simple now on on with a microphone in your face. But when you're in the middle of it and living it, it's not as easy as it sounds now to get to the root of what's really going on. And why are you the way that you are and what happened in your life and just all the stuff that gets gets you to the point that you're at to be able to openly talk about it now, like we're doing, it seems like not a big deal now, but at the time it was a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think one thing too, is we learned, obviously we learned the fact that like, okay, you do not work very well with yelling and screaming and get over it. I do not work very well with acting as if it's not happening. Um, I also think too, we learned our personality types. We learned what really was filling our cups. You know, we talk all the time about our love languages. And if you've never taken the love language test, I actually make all my clients take it, whether they're, you know, in a relationship or not, because you need to know like what makes you full, like what fills your cup? I know, like, I don't even think I honestly, I have no idea what else my love language could be besides quality time. Like there's nothing else. Like you could literally, and you have brought home gifts and flowers and cars and all the things like I I swear this to be true you guys he could roll up with a brand new Range Rover or he could call me sporadically in the day and ask me to go for lunch and I would immediately be like oh my god I will have sex with you immediately because you call me during the middle of the day and the Range Rover I'd be like yay babe it's beautiful that's great 
I could give two shits, but for you to spend quality time with me, what is the thing that you always say to me right now? You're like, is this? Oh, is this quality? (laughs) I just want to make sure. (laughs) He does, because he's like, wait a minute. I'm so confused. We have spent seven days sleeping in the same bed. You say goodbye to me every morning. When I get home, we have dinner, we go to bed, and then you're like, I come to you and I'm like, babe, we've had no quality. And you're like wanting to like bang your head against the wall because you're like, I am so fucking lost right now. I've seen you for 10 days in a row. What in the fuck are you talking about? What are you doing? But it's so true for me, like getting to sleep in the same bed with you and waking up and kissing you goodbye and having 30 minutes with you at the end of the day for you to vent about your life and your job is not quality time at all. But I also know what your love language is. Do you want to tell everyone um, a little bit about what fills your cup? (laughs) Is that too much of a girly, a girly question? Where do you find, where do you get your love? You looked at me like I was an idiot. That's a very girly question. You're right. Where do you find that I make you feel loved and appreciated and respected? There's too much silence right here. Are we going to cut this out or what? Like, why do you not know? I know what it is. What do you mean? What is it? Words of affirmation are your number one because you've never really gotten that in your life. You've always wanted the I'm proud of you. I love you. I appreciate you. You are amazing at what you do and you don't get that. And so I know that I have to build you up with words all the time. I have to make you feel seen and appreciated and know that you are respected and loved and doing a good job and I'm proud of you and all those things is is that I I think I'm bang on but maybe I'm not are what are you gifts and I've completely fucked that up or what no you're exactly right it's just not a easy topic to discuss so I know that's like a boy a boy thing but maybe maybe along down the road we'll talk all about that but for sure it is a hundred percent. Like I now understand how to make you feel loved and respected and appreciated. And you 100% like get that I need to have quality time and quality time could be, Hey babe, do you just want to go for lunch during the middle of the day? Like making me feel like I am valuable to your time because, you know, for those of you who are new to this podcast and may not know, Nathan is very successful in his industry. He's in construction industry and he's always busy and he is the owner president of the company and he literally works from six in the morning until sometimes eight o'clock at night and sometimes on the weekends. I think in our 17 years that you've been together, you've turned off your phone for how long? Half a day on our wedding day. That's about right. But one of the things, too, I will say, and I think that this is obviously we could, you know, save this for the a next podcast. But I think one of the reasons why we are so successful is how many days have I ever yelled at you for working late? Never. I think I disappoint you maybe sometimes. You're not ecstatic about it, but you've never like complained about it or really given me a hard time about it. And you understand. And again, I think that goes back to knowing the person that you are creating a life with and they are who they are and don't think that you're going to change them because if you did act differently than that towards me about my work and my career, it would be, it would make things real hard on our relationship. But I think you knew that 
when we met, like that's something that I probably made pretty obvious to you and you could see that and how I am and what, what I do. So kind of going back to what I said early on, don't think you're going to change somebody because you're not, or if you're trying really hard to change somebody from who they truly are, um, there's going to be problems. Yeah, totally. Like I knew from get go, you worked that much. I knew from the get go that, you know, building this business from basically nothing into what it is now is your love, your passion, your drive to succeed. I mean, we're very similar in that regard. And I, I knew right off the bat, I was never going to be the spouse that had the life. And I think that this is something I sometimes find confusing. I think a lot of people, a lot of spouses expect to have the life that they're accustomed to without sometimes the work that's associated with. And I think that we live a beautiful life. And I think over the years, our life has evolved and you basically have created something that's magical. And I cannot, I cannot expect the magical of it all and also expect you to be able to be home by five o'clock every single day or, you know, leave for work and sleep in until nine o'clock. One thing I will say, though, about you is you have always made me um, if I ask you something ahead of time, you've always tried to accommodate that for me. And again, I think that that's the mutual respect. And but I don't think I've ever um, stepped over that boundary. No, I agree. I think our relationship is pretty straightforward. I'll ask, or usually now you just tell me if it's really important and it really needs to be done. I don't question it. I figure it out because you don't ask it that often. But if it's not that important and it's really okay, then we're just, you know, open and honest with each other. Um, you don't say, oh no, it's okay. And then nag me about it for three days because I didn't do it. If it's really important and you really need me to do something, you tell me and then I do that. Um, I think sometimes maybe we overcomplicate relationships. Again, sometimes just be direct and open and honest with each other and tell the other person what you need. Just like the quality times, the quality time. Do I always understand it? No. But when you say, hey, I don't feel like we've had enough quality time. Maybe I don't understand it, but that's how you're feeling and you're open and honest with me about it. And then usually within a few days, we figure it out. We go for a walk or we go do something or I'll come home or like when you tell me that I need to, you know, open my eyes and open my ears and realize my wife's being open and honest with me and I need to do my part as a husband and, and feel that for her, do that for her, give her the quality time that she needs. I love that so much. I actually had a client that I was talking to about, um, you know, not feeling not feeling fulfilled with her spouse in the moment. And I used something as simple as that. I said, because I came to you and I said, babe, like I have this client. She's having this issue with her with her husband about just not being like being able to be seen and she doesn't feel loved and supported and all the things. And they're always together. But, you know, she just doesn't feel loved and you like the boy brain is so yet you're nodding your head like huge you're like has she literally just yeah just tell them we're we're guys we're dudes we're not women we're not touchy-feely so you can't get up like please don't get upset with us because we can't read your mind because we're never going to be able to read your mind so if you're feeling a certain way approach it in a in a manner in which you can just say 
hey, babe, this is how I'm feeling. Not be upset, not be up mad, mad about it, because honestly, we may just not know. <laughs> Cut us some slack. I love it. It's so true. And because I, I said to you, I was like, well, what should I tell her to do? And you're like, has she literally said, hey, babe, I'm really not feeling loved right now. And all I want to do is spend some time with you. Is there any way within the next week that you can give me an hour of undivided attention? And it was that simple to just like. They probably said, yes, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. Exactly. That's so true. And you know what? Like Nathan understands that about me that I will just have to say to him, I'm like, oh my God, I've had no quality time. And he'll roll his eyes and go, oh my God, I cannot believe that. Like, seriously, you can watch it all unfold. It's on my uh, social media channel. But uh, most of the time he just rolls his eyes, but then he does make the time. And, And one thing that I have recognized too, and I basically, you know, eat shit when I um, screw up big time too, is you came home a couple weeks ago. This is a really good example. You came home a couple weeks ago and told me about this job that you had just gotten a big loan for. It was a big job and you were so excited about it. And I didn't give you the words to make you feel how proud I am of you. I I went into my scarcity mindset and, you know, obviously this is for another podcast about working through all the scarcity and working through our old stories. But one of the things that I did not do very well in that moment is I didn't get excited for you for something that you'd been working so hard on. And to you, that was, that's a love language. I needed to build you up. I needed to make you feel loved and proud and all the things that is so important to you. And I didn't do it that night because of my scarcity mindset. And I literally, I felt like, (sighs) I felt like such a piece of shit. I really did. I felt like such a piece of shit that night because of my own insecurities. And the next day I was so intentional. I (laughs) went out and I bought you a cake and I bought you balloons and we popped the bottle of champagne on a Wednesday and all the things because I needed to make you feel loved in that moment when I didn't. And that, you know, it's a learning experience. And you felt overwhelmed the next day by me doing that. And, you know, that's just, I'm still learning. We're 17 years in and we're still learning. We don't have all the answers. We still want to punch each other in the face a lot of times. And, um, but we're still, we're still learning and growing. And I recognize when I, and one thing that is true is I am a lot more selfish than you. And that is one thing that I have learned that I need to work on is I am selfish a lot of the times and I made that about my feelings as opposed to making you feel loved that night. And so the next day I was like, as much as I hate staying up late and as much as I don't drink alcohol on the weekdays, I am going to celebrate the fuck out of you and give you all of the proudness and make you feel so loved because I knew that I kind of shattered the six-year-old Nathan inside of you when I didn't make you feel um, loved and appreciated that night. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I don't know if if anyone that's going to listen to this, if you have a spouse that is a business owner or a business leader, um, odds are you don't have too many cheerleaders, right? Your job is to cheer on other people. So um, it is very important that you support your your spouse in, in whatever it is that they're doing, because honestly, you may be their only cheerleader. You know, you may be their only supporter and it's easy in a relationship to um, be selfish or not to see those things or not to recognize those things. 
but it, it's so important for a good relationship to have that person's back, good, bad, celebrate, cry, complain, whatever that is. It's, it's so important. And, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you did recognize that and you, you recovered pretty well the next night, but, um, yeah. Champagne and chocolate cheesecake. Uh, hello. And whatever else happened, we don't need to talk about that either, but I literally made it up to you. Again, you recovered pretty well. <laughs> you recovered pretty well. But yes, you did. You're exactly right about, you know, my love language and we all have those things. And again, a lot of a lot of successful people I know um, deal with the same thing. So again, paying attention to your partner's, you know, love language and what do they need and recognize that and to really go out of your way. Um, even if you have to, you know, roll your eyes or you don't really see it, the person's going to understand like, it meant probably more to me that you did that the second day than if I would have just come in and you would have just half-heartedly said, oh, honey, that's so great, blah, 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 blah. I know you've worked on that for a year and a half. Cool, or whatever, right? So, I mean, it could have been, I would have been okay with that, right? I would have been, I would have been okay with that more so than the way that you did react, but it really meant way more for the recovery the next day to really be intentional about, hey, you know what? I am proud of you. Um, and you did do a good job and I know what you did. I know how hard you are. Cause again, honestly, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that, um, are in my position in our, in my spot, you don't, you don't get that very much. And there's a lot of people out there that are in similar spots, business owners or whatever your position is. Like when you're at the top, there's not a lot of people shedding praise on you. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that take a lot away from this podcast. And I know that we could go on and on and on, but I like to keep these relatively short and sweet. I know that you'll be back because um, you live with me, so I can actually force you to do this whenever the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> and I actually think, did you like it? Yeah, I did. I don't like to share in microphones. I got to get my own. Oh my God. And you'll probably get like a fucking souped up version too. You're like, yours is shitty. I'm going to get the gold standard. I want one with some sound effects and stuff. Oh my God. That is my husband. You guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who needs to hear it because we're going to be talking about all the things. And also too, be sure to leave a comment about what you want us to talk about, whether that is following me on social media at B Christina and you want to leave us a comment about the next podcast that Nathan is going to be on and sharing all of his stories, whether it be about his business of real estate, us as a couple, or how fucking how much he absolutely loves himself, which I think all women can learn from because this man literally looks in the mirror every morning. And what do you say? Damn, got better looking again. You guys, that is my husband. I loved it today. He makes me smile every single day. I'm so grateful for him and I hope you enjoyed it. Decide it's your turn. Y'all, I am unbelievably grateful at how many of you are resonating with this podcast. I also know that many of you are asking yourself, gosh, what difference in my life and my business would it make to have a coach walking beside me day in and day out to make sure I show up deciding it is my turn. You guys, this is exactly what I do in my coaching practice. And I would love to jump on a free discovery call with you to see if you and I would be the perfect fit to make sure you show up every single day confidently in your purpose, making a profit and living a life that you love. Check the show notes to book that call or the link in my Instagram bio.
Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.